the Modern Era Class of 2018 Hall of Fame. Randy Moss, Brian Erlacher, Ray Lewis, Brian Dawkins here, Terrell Owens. Stayos Podcast. We're back again. The legendary Stayos Podcast. <laughs> Catch us on Instagram and on Twitter at Stayos Podcast. I'm Chris. Once again, I'm here with Jordan. What's going on, brother? Jordan, we talked about food last time. Any uh, interesting food cravings lately? Oh, man, uh, we, we dived into a little bit of Taco Bell. Let's see. I told you about them Cinnabon Delights. Please don't forget to put that on your to-do list. Uh, cravings, cravings. You know what? If you ever get a chance, there's this spot. It's a hot dog spot right by the water tower place downtown. And they have a very, very delicious bratwurst actually uh, a special on Wednesdays and uh, I tried it as I was at work amazing best bratwurst I've had had the perfect uh, grill lines to it was tender oh my goodness so I, I, I'm 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 gonna put them up uh, as, a, as a as a choice food that I, I think you should try uh, one other thing that I've been craving is Mexican food but that's always but it is a spot, a local spot around where I live called Burrito Station. If you haven't gone to Burrito Station, check it out. Google it. Do what you got to do. Get yourself to Burrito Station for not only their tacos, but the number one drink in the world, an horchata. Burrito Station. That's right. doesn't sound like a place I want to go to. Hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. They recently expanded their business. It was a hole in the wall at first. I used to get it every time I went to the gym, but uh, uh, the last time I went by, they, uh, they no, actually, no, it's been, been a, a new building for quite a while, actually, but uh, they expanded. They uh, renovated their spot. They made it almost like three times bigger. They're getting some good business, man. Burrito Station on Salt Trail. Check it out, people. Get the beef tacos, steak tacos, chicken tacos, whatever taco is good, man. They just know how to make it. And if you want to wash it down with something exquisite, please try the horchata with little ice. A large horchata with little ice will do the body good. So I'm going to Burrito Station. And get their tacos, not their burritos, for which they are the station. 
<laughs> and I'm gonna drink rice milk to wash it down. Now, see, you 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 you're being skeptical, my brother, my stayouts brother. Please come to the light. What I do know is that they make it, they grind the rice uh, very finely. So it's not like you're you're drinking chunks of rice or pieces of rice. No, no, it's like milk. It's it's it has the consistency of uh, say milk with just a little tad watered down, more watered down than milk, not as thick. They add cinnamon and they add sugar and I believe another ingredient. But all together, mwah, paradise. I'm familiar with the, the concept of horchata. Um, well, well, okay. Usually made by uh, some Mexican woman in her mid-80s. That's right. Um, who takes Thank some you. sort of meal and grinds the rice down. Thank I'm going to give it a shot. Yes, this version is the best. It is the best. And I love traveling around the city for it. I've been to Kokula's on the south side. I've been to Kokula's on uh, Torrance in South Holland. Uh, I've tried other little spots, Rancho Grande. I get around with the Mexican spots, man, and they have the best version of the horchata. So you're, you're a, a horchata aficionado. Right. I am a chata connoisseur, sir. Since we're on burritos, and uh, we're going to talk about where to get a good burrito, I'm going to take you to the hood. So once you uh, snuck into this place and you dealt with a little bit of the elements, riffraff, so to speak, (laughs) some days, most, most days is actually a pretty good element, but every so often you'll get it. Okay. I need you to take yourself to 76 and Vincennes. 76 and Vincennes. Okay. All right. What 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 is a said place called? To El Gran Burrito. Oh, El Gran. Okay. All right. It's also it's also Fred and Jack's. So um, um, they, yes, they make American cuisine and they uh, put their foot in that burrito. For a while, not literally. No, not literally. Even even though some places you go, there will be a foot in your burrito. Yeah. Um, I used to go there, you know, for the American cuisine. You know, they have great hot dogs, burgers, uh, chopped steak sandwiches, all of that. But a, a co-worker commented on El Gran Burrito. Yes, yeah. So I was like, well, while I'm there, if that is an El Gran Burrito, let me try it out. Okay. Um. I'm not a big steak burrito guy, but the steak burrito is pretty good. But the chicken burrito is a work of art. <laughs> work of art. Okay. All right. All right. So, get that. You may not even finish the burrito in one sitting. So cut that bad boy in half. That sounds like a challenge because I usually eat everything I buy. <laughs> yeah, I, I do too. I regret it most times, but cut that bad boy in half. Boil the other half up, and uh, you'll have a nice little leftover treat for your lunch the next day. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. When you get old like me and responsible, you you cut your takeout food in half, and you, you take it to lunch the next day. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? I have to say I am kind of ashamed at myself because as soon as you said Fred and Jack's, 
I've been there. Somebody else actually put me on, I want to say, maybe 10 years ago to that. But I forgot that they're fused with uh, El Gran Burrito. The only thing I've ever been there for, and now that you put me onto the burrito, I will try it when I'm when I'm in that area, you know, either for work or just in the city. Uh, I usually get their steak fries. Their steak fries with the melted cheese and the onions and the greasy steak pieces of meat uh, usually does my body good. It's a very good comfort food. Oh, they they make very delicious food all around. I I haven't had anything from there where I've said I regret buying this. Really? Everything I've ever tried from that place is, has been quality. The prices went up a little bit recently. Um, maybe like 20 cents per item. But I mean, it's, it's wonderful. And it's still reasonably priced, all things considered. Okay. All right. It's funny you actually mentioned that place talking about, you know, the environment and the riffraff. Now that I'm thinking back to it, the last time I was in there was maybe, maybe seven or eight months ago. And, uh, man, this one girl came in, long line, all of us are waiting for our food. She came in with her boyfriend, causing all type of havoc. Is my order ready yet? What y'all, what's, what's taking y'all so long? I mean, I've been waiting here for, you know, the usual ghetto person that's always thinking that they're more important than everybody else. And literally, we're all patiently waiting, and she comes in, starts yelling. So I, I agree with you that usually the... Uh, the environment is a little, or the, the people are a little sketchy, but it's definitely worth the food. It's a rarity, though. Honestly, I mean, to be in that spot, it's very rare that you get that. Yeah. Uh, you also have to pick the right times to go there. Yeah. Just before 6 p.m. on a weeknight and on a Saturday. Hmm. Around like eleven thirty before noontime hits. Okay, it's a good time. You'll walk in there, and I've walked in there many a time and just beat the crowd. Where I go in there, place my order, and then like six people walk in. So I usually get good timing with that place. Well, all right. Looks like you got your schedule down packed. I might have to uh, keep that in mind as I'm taking lunch. Oh yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, any other places I go. Because any time I go, like, visit my grandmother who's over in that direction, it's, it's almost automatic I'm stopping there, man. But I'm trying to think of um, other places that I go for a uh, delicious little comfort delight. I mean, there's always, like, five guys. Of course. Have you had Jody's Italian Ice? Jody's Italian Ice? No. No, I have not. I don't really get it down with a lot of Italian nights, but uh, what, what, why do you say that? Is that that a? It is a Hammond staple. Okay, all right. <laughs> Hammond staple, right there on Calumet. Okay. Uh, we've crossed paths, of course, over there by the Five Guys. Right before you get down the street, you got the Five Guys there, and then if you go like one more block down, you have the Jody's Italian Ice. Pretty good. They have different flavors, like six, seven different flavors. And they serve a vanilla soft serve ice cream. Wait a minute, is this the uh, is this the Five Guys? You said that's on Calumet. That's right next to a Chipotle and another like yogurt spot. Right. So there's the Froyo place. That's, yeah. Disregard, disregard that. Disregard that place until I, I haven't been there yet. So I'm not going to speak on it yet. 
Okay. If you go like one more, I want to say one more block down on the same side of the street, it's right there. Okay. All right. Will do. I usually uh, reside over there for food, whether it be picking up a burger for me and the wife or getting a uh, a bowl from Chipotle. So I'll, I'll take another notch down Calumet and see what you what you got. And it start with the small. It looks like a small cup, but it's really more than enough. So start with the small, just so you get a feel of the place. Because I went medium and it was too much, especially as a first timer. Okay. So start with the small. Get your little scoop, whatever flavor you want. I recommend the strawberry. If you like tart, I recommend the green apple. You have a blast. It's great on a on a hot day. Okay. All right. Jody's ice. Will do. Yeah, but now that that's out of the way. <laughs> now because you know, I agree. Let's uh let's cut this I'm podcast up. short. <laughs> no. <laughs> Go get a snack. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I love giving people other options besides McDonald's and Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, of course, because uh, I don't try to eat at McDonald's ever, ever. Yeah, my if I can do anything to avoid it, like having children leads to you at some point going to McDonald's within the course of a few months. <laughs> but, I mean, because for some reason, but, like even though they don't use them anymore, having a clown make your food it draws children. No, um, that would scare me. It does scare me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not too many uh, clown movies that came out recently that did not show happy clowns. I'm not. I'm not with that. Clowns aren't particularly happy people. Absolutely. So I agree with you. So hey. they are not. But yeah, you know, not to not to bash anybody. I mean, I guess I've already done it. But yeah, I don't. I don't do McDonald's and, and Dunkin' if I can help it. Yeah, I think you. I think you. You can help it. We already bashed Dunkin' Donuts uh, last week. If they don't come out with those breakfast sandwiches, it's a wrap. Literally. Yeah, literally. It's a terrible wrap. <laughs> and then McDonald's is just, oh, just, McDonald's is, when I eat McDonald's, it just feels like I've hit a low point. Every time I go there, I regret it. I know I want something. And after I eat it, I'm like, why did I just, like, kill off some of my body? Yeah. Like, I know there's a percentage of my body that just shut down from eating a McChicken or a, uh, uh, a nice cheeseburger with all the salt and pepper on it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just like there's a McDonald's in my building at work, and you know, it's it's almost like a defeat for me because I'll either be short on cash and I can't do anything uh, except McDonald's, so I'll just end up going there, or I'll have run out of ideas, or I'll like forget my lunch at home, and I don't have a lot of money, mm-hmm. so it's like, well, where can I get? food for three dollars and McDonald's. Um, yep. there's a little deli around me that I started going to that has little deals and they've they've been a savior for me for the past month or so. But yeah, I try to I try to sidestep McDonald's a bit. It's it's not conducive to success. <laughs> or or life. <laughs> well moving on, we've had some events take place in the sports world the past few weeks. And we've had the NFL Hall of Fame induction. Yes, yes. And you had Bobby Beathard go in. You had uh, Randy Moss go in. 
Yes, yes. Brian Dawkins. Ray Lewis. Oh, yeah. And Brian Erlacher. There was another guy. I think it was it Jerry Kramer? And there was another guy um, who went in. I can't remember his name. He was an older player. But looking mm-hmm. back, and, and I don't know about you, I had no issues with any of those people. When I first heard, I had no issues with any of those people. Oh, and T.O. went in. I'm sorry. T.O. went in. He just didn't show up to the but um, I, have, I had issue with Brian Dawkins at first because I looked at Brian Dawkins and I'm Ooh. like, what did he do? And then when I look back at the numbers and I look back at the highlights, yeah, I mean, people say he was the best free safety in the game for a long time, but I never saw it. Like He was always top yeah. three to me, but it was always like, yeah, but he's not as good as Troy or he's not as good as Ed Reed or he's not, you know, so it's, it's he was always like the second best guy for a long time. Mm-hmm. Come on now, he wasn't this guy. Uh, uh, and he was. He held a camera to read, man. I, I, I'm, I, I don't know. Ed Reed is is definitely one of my favorite safeties and players of all time. I used to watch highlights of him. The way he would return interceptions, it was just that was the first person I used to watch when it came to how they returned interceptions and just juking people and taking it to the house, I, I was like, this dude is definitely going to be in the Hall of Fame. But, uh, yeah, like you said, when you look at that man's stats, Brian Dawkins, I think he's the only player that has over 30 interceptions and 30 sacks either for safety or, or forced fumbles, one or the other. But he has some gaudy stats, bro. And the way he plays. He's uh, got good numbers. Hey, hey, not good, brother. Great. Hall of Fame numbers. Like I, I, I pull back. I pull back on my disbelief. I, re- I respect Brian Dawkins' game. Always did. It's just you know you get some guys like, but was it good enough? And like, didn't Dawkins go on like the first ballot? See, I'm, and I'm not big on the first ballot thing, but in the NFL, it does kind of mean something. NFL and MLB, it does kind of mean something. But it's just I was I was iffy on it, but I pulled back after. After everything kind of the smoke kind of cleared, and I got a chance to really analyze it. Yeah, I I think he's deserving of it. Um, I, there's something about the underdog looking type guy that really impresses me. When you have a disadvantage in any point, whether it be your height, your weight, or just your ability, you know, and this is a tribute to a lot of people. Kind of like, even though I don't like him, like him, I still have to respect him. Jimmy Butler, you know, the people that are work hard type people. Brian Dawkins had the talent. The man is athletic, but he was always, you know, undersized for his position. And, you know, that was something that I read up when they said that, you know, because he's so undersized, this is not somebody who's going to really be an impact player. Man, Brian Dawkins just came on the scene killing his rookie season. And from there on, you know, the legend was made. It was Wolverine, baby. And uh, I and I like that nickname too. That's just, that's just cold. The man walking out like he a prime, uh, uh, ready ready to uh, to 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 kill somebody. Oh my goodness, that was that was cold to me. Him and Ray Lewis had 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 two of the best entrances in the NFL to me. I don't talk to me about Ray Lewis. You gotta love Ray. Ray Lewis. He kisses his kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there's that. Then Ray Lewis. <laughs> then, then Ray Lewis, right? He 
please don't get this twisted. Ray Lewis is one of the greatest linebackers to ever put on a jersey and play on the NFL football yeah. field. Just the yeah, the, but. the borderline coonery, man. It's, it's if you <laughs> if you want to call it borderline. Some people would say he goes over the line right into coonery, but I'm in tap dancing. Oh goodness, and it it gets it gets to be a bit much, and he he has to make it all about Ray. Okay, so we got we got the comparison, and and you, you never really because it was a, a great occasion for both players. You never really got it mm-hmm. over the weekend and, and in the in the weeks leading up to it. But when they were playing, you had a lot of the comparison of Brian Urlacher versus Ray Lewis. Who was better? Who would you say? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Lewis was a more excitable, exciting type of linebacker. He had more passion outwardly. I mean, it wasn't like Brian Urlacher was a walking Tim Duncan or something, but uh, I would say Brian Urlacher just went about his business differently, but I, would, I wouldn't I would say one is, was better than the other. I think they both evenly were really good at what they did. Ray Lewis was more of a uh, an aggressive tackler, and I think Brian Urlacher was the more hybrid, like fast sideline to sideline linebacker that nobody you know, Saul coming, who, uh, you know, previously played safety. And so, you know, who is this dude just coming out of nowhere, just r- rushing after the passer, uh, uh, keeping up with uh, some receivers, some running backs, you know. Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't really say that neither one was better than the other. I think they both had really, really good strengths to their game. Uh, they, they were both different, but uh, I, I wouldn't say one was better than the other. When I think about Ray Lewis, I think about the the old school linebackers. It's what he w- was more of. The, the yeah. you know, cause a collision, crash into guys, get the tackle, seek and destroy kind of guy, so to speak. The CTE linebackers, huh? Pretty much. And maybe the coonery will hold off some of the CTE for Ray. That and the uh, the uh, Murrays that he keeps putting in his hair. <laughs> but Brian, the ball head Brian Urlacher, not this, the new guy. Brian Urlacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> honestly, Brian Urlacher changed football. Ray Lewis hmm. kind of uh, if you want to say perfected or improved what was there, Brian changed the position. Because after Brian Urlacher came in, teams started looking for 6'2 and above fast middle linebacker. Before your mm-hmm. middle linebacker was a cerebral, like I said, cerebral, low to the earth hitter. I mean, other than LeVon Kirkland, who was just kind of a, a defensive lineman playing in the middle. Your, your middle yeah. linebackers were just like these cerebral guys who were low to the earth, and they would see the ball carrier and hit the ball carrier and call out the the, the coverages and, and all that. And this is what Ray did on a very, very supreme level. When, with Brian, he did some of those things, but then he would go out and cover a running back and completely take a running back out of a play, uh, cover a tight end and completely take a tight end out of a play. 
change yeah. in that cover two that they will play. Uh, just take out a whole, the whole area of the field. There were times I would see receivers, Randy Moss included, Terrell Owens included, and it was interesting that two of those receivers that were going into the Hall of Fame over the weekend, I've literally seen them avoid Brian Urlacher coming across the middle. And not necessarily because of the potential hit you would get, which you would get, but, you know, Brian Urlacher would get out there and, and beat you to a spot. You know, even some of the fast receivers, they come across the middle, Brian would beat you to a spot. And the receivers wouldn't run across there just to save their quarterbacks an interception. So, yeah, you know, Brian changed the game. Now, I don't, I just don't think he gets the credit he deserves because I honestly feel like, and, you know, regardless of the heat that I'm going to catch, is very possibly the greatest Spears linebacker ever. Oh, yeah. I, I think that uh, Brian Erlacher probably is number one on my list, too. Dick Buckus, you know, you got to keep put, put that man in there. But like you were saying, he changed uh, the position. It was extremely uh, different from what any other linebacker the Bears had did. You know, and, and as for as fast as he was – you know, he still kept his aggressiveness. He still could tackle you. He still could pack a punch. You know, he wasn't just a fast linebacker. So uh, he he definitely he definitely is number one to me too. And then I look for I, I look for fifty five man Lance Briggs. I look for him to to get his bust in Ken in a couple years too. Now that oh yeah, about underrated what Lance Briggs did for a number of years. Yeah, very underrated, and I and I hope that the people who are voting on the Hall of Fame uh, can really peel back the layers and see what Lance Briggs really was. If you're going to put Derrick Brooks in, you got to put Lance Briggs in there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And 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 this this is another you know kudos to Brian Erlacher because you know there are some people that just know how to make their teammates better. I think that was a product. Not saying that you know Lance Briggs couldn't hold his own because Lance had a few good years even after Erlacher retired. Uh, even as he was winding down. But because of how good Brian Erlacher was in calling the, the game and seeing plays before they happened, kind of knowing what the quarterback was going to do and what that offense was going to do, that helped Lance Briggs to be in a position as well to, to do what he had to do. You know, and so it worked hand in hand. You know, you're playing with one of the best. You're going to somehow uh, – uh, you're going to raise your level. Yeah, yeah. I guess to elevate your game. Yeah, it's 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 natural only for you to elevate your game when you're around somebody. You know, you think of all the greats in, in sports, like LeBron. LeBron makes some of the weakest looking teams look awesome. And now the Cavaliers are probably going to be one of the worst teams in the East. Season. Uh, it, they're definitely not going to be one of the top teams. So that that and that that's 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 what I'm saying. Like the greats can make you better. Michael Jordan made Scottie Pippen what he was before Scottie kind of came into his own. You know, you you have those players that can just kind of raise you to another, like you said, level, raise your bar. So Lance Briggs definitely he should be getting a call soon, whether it be first or second ballot, I don't know, but uh, he should be in there. Yeah, I mean, if, if Kevin Love stays healthy 75 games plus, the Cavs are going to be the eighth seed. And, okay, uh, and I, I got I you. On, that. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, <laughs> now, moving on to other new Hall of Famers, 
I want to talk about Randy Moss, man. And when when I when I count on one hand my favorite football players of all time, I don't get past Randy Moss. Um, okay. Okay. Barry, Bo, Randy Moss. I like I like the athletic freaks of nature, but Barry, Bo, yeah. Randy Moss, Erlacher, just guys I like to watch. I love Rod Woodson. Uh, Dion. Okay. But, um, my top five. Randy Moss, and and I, I'll say this: Randy Moss is not the greatest receiver ever, by any stretch. You still think, uh, Jerry? Jerry, what, Mister? What Randy Moss is, is the most talented wide receiver in history. On All right. on a. Uh, Okay. On a skill to skill basis, there was no wide receiver who could do what Randy Moss did. True. True. No wide receiver could dominate a game the way Randy Moss did. Jerry had his, his dominance, but Jerry was one of those guys, like like you talked about before. Jerry was really a try hard guy. He wasn't the fastest. Yeah. He wasn't the strongest. He didn't jump the highest. Jerry worked on route running and Understanding his quarterback, looking at film, and having endurance, more endurance than the guy across from him, being able to play more more positions on the field than other receivers. Uh, you know, Jerry will play the slot, the outside, come out of the backfields. He was able to do those things. And because of that work ethic, he did become the greatest wide receiver ever. Randy is the most talented. Right, right, right. yeah. I'm with you on and that I, one. And I stand by this, man. That that Cowboys game, when Randy was a rookie, Deion Sanders wanted no part of that dude. What'd you say? He was like, uh-uh. Deion, <laughs> Go over no, there. Deion sat that game out. He claimed that he was injured. I really believe that he wanted no part of Randy Moss. That that's Really? Oh, yeah. I have to look into this because I'm, I'm not aware of this said game. I have to look into Randy it. Moss was a rookie. They played the Dallas Cowboys out in Dallas. Randy took it as a revenge game because basically the Cowboys told him they were going to draft him and then didn't. So when they played the Cowboys, Randy went out into Texas Stadium and Dion didn't play. And the Cowboys proceeded to put a, a series of other cornerbacks across from him. And each of those cornerbacks left toasted. <laughs> I think he had, I think he had yeah. four catches and three were touchdowns, like long touchdowns. Seriously, wow! Yeah, look, I, I know for a fact it's on YouTube. YouTube, Randy Moss rookie versus the Cowboys, and just the things he was doing, man. The things he was doing, unbelievable. Wow, wow. Yeah, I, I I have to definitely agree with you, man. The most talented wide receiver, definitely, man. The man strides. Man was as tall as a giraffe, and dude could run as fast as anybody. So you think about trying to keep up with that man's strides. I mean, he would be at top speed in two or three steps, and the man's hands were, were like glue. I, I the way his highlights were Odell Beckham before Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He just he didn't like to get hit, uh, so you don't have no. Nah, he didn't want to. You don't have a ton of you don't have a ton of film with him going over the middle, but um, not at all. You get him on that perimeter, or you catch him 
moving on the run, uh, thing of beauty. Yeah. T.O., on the other hand, would go across the middle, very physical receiver. Um, yeah. One of the one of the greatest ever, as as validated by being in the Hall of Fame. I don't I don't care as much as they want us to about him not going in Canton. I thought it was a little bogus, but I mean I don't, I don't. It's not as big a deal to me as as they made it out to be. I think that by you gave T.O. what he wanted by covering it as much as you did. No, I was just going to say I think it's just a sign of respect. You know, I think it, it just saves face. You know, you're going to do that to us. After we just gave you the gold jacket, I mean, what's good? And I, I think by not going to Canton, he drew more attention to himself, and you gave it to him. So, yeah, but no doubt, he definitely was showmanship. No doubt, though, one of the greats, man, one of the greats. Yeah, and I look forward to some other guys. Like we said last week, uh, with baseball, you've seen it in other sports too. I'm looking forward to seeing some other guys who are getting ready to cross that threshold into the Hall of Fame in the NFL. You know, Champ Bailey, I think his time is is coming around soon. I don't know how, how long has Troy been gone. I think Troy Palomalu should be coming up soon. So, Man, I feel like I, I, got, I got robbed. I think Troy had a few more good years in him. I think, I think Lack had maybe a year or two left in him, man. Well, you know what that yeah. was about. Barely want to pay him. Yeah, it was it was a change in regime, and he wanted a little more. I thought he wanted a little more than what he might have been worth at that stage in his career. He kind of wanted a legacy contract, mm-hmm. and you know they weren't going to pay him that. So, but hey, you know that's true. He left at a good point in his career. You didn't have to watch a decline. I think with Ray Lewis, I think yeah. with Ray Lewis, we watched the decline. That second Super Bowl with Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis was terrible. <laughs> he was getting he was getting uh dragged along by Suggs. Exactly. The defense wasn't even that good. It was one of those years that, that Flacco got hot for a week and and they won the Super Bowl. I mean it's just it's yeah. you know, Ray Lewis got carried that year. But you know, he'll he he makes a makes a lot of noise and, and gets some credit for it. Again, not taking away from his greatness, but sometimes, you know, you pay attention to the loudest bang. So quick question for you, just off the top of my head. If you were the Ravens GM or the Ravens owner, would you be happy with the fact that you got a Super Bowl or would you be mad at the fact that you were forced to pay pretty boy Flacco for knowing he flukily got him them them a championship? I think I think Joe Flacco isn't a horrible quarterback. I think he's just mediocre. And I think he, like many other Super Bowl quarterbacks, especially in the 80s, um, kind of got hot for a couple weeks. And then he got a little more credit than he deserved. For a long time, Joe, people were looking at Joe Flacco like a premier quarterback. And to me, he was never that. Yeah, He was good for a month. When the playoffs hit and they went from the wild card to the Super Bowl, he was good for a month. And, you know, that was it. And the rest of his career, he's been meh. So, I mean, if I'm the Ravens, I'm not upset that we ended up having to pay him. I mean, those things happen. You pay guys who perform well in the, in the playoffs. So I wasn't upset about that. Yeah. 
I wouldn't be upset about that because what you get, you know, the what you get out of winning a Super Bowl, you know, you'll you'll gladly trade that for for what you ended up doing with Flacco. Super Bowls are so rare. Um, you know, you'll trade that for overpaying a guy. I guess I just I don't like Flacco. I mean, honestly, had had the Bears won the Super Bowl with um with Rex. Sexy Rex. He would have gotten paid handsomely. That's true. He would have gotten a and sexy we, contract. We would have complained, but we would have lived with it because he won a Super Bowl. Jim McMahon is revered as possibly the greatest Bears quarterback. He's not. Jim McMahon is revered as yeah. possibly the greatest Bears quarterback ever. And he was a highly mediocre jerk. But <laughs> what happened? He won the Super Bowl. So, yeah. you know, that, that does a lot for you. People, people look at that, and that's a, a trade-off. Um, unpopularly and unfortunately for Bears fans, we all know who the greatest quarterback in Bears history is, even though you don't want to admit it. Henry Burris. Oh, that, that is I incorrect, mean, sir. Uh, oh, Cordell Stewart, my man. Also wrong. Also wrong. Not even the greatest number tens. Um, I'd put Trubisky above them now. <laughs> the man only passed four times in this game, but he's already he's better. already better than Cordell Stewart and Henry Burris. You know, I thought Cordell Stewart was going to be nice coming from Pittsburgh. I mean, he was eh. He was eh. Yeah, yeah. But, yes, I know who you're talking about, Smoking Jay. Yeah, that's the uh, – Ladies and gentlemen, your greatest Bears quarterback ever is Jay Cutler. Suck it up. Well, those tides are going to turn very soon, man. I mean, that, that's the reason why this new regime picked who they picked because this – this the tradition is pride – you know, it's, it's, it's based off of – just a smothering defense, monsters of the midway, you know, just hard-nosed, blue-collar type team. Just run the ball, stuff it down their throats, stop them on the goal. Yes, later for that. As times have changed, they're 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 slowly turning that 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 uh tied to what's a little bit more this generation, and so I think uh, you're gonna see. In my opinion, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the greatest quarterback the Bears have had is playing right now. Not literally right now, because Tyler Bray is playing right now, but Mitch Trubisky, the starter. I was all Team Bray for a minute. You watch your mouth. No, not a big Tyler Bray guy. Bray Bray can get out of here, okay? He, He stays third string. He's third string for a reason. He's only there because he knows the offense. I think the Bears need another backup. I don't like Chase Daniel throwing footballs. I mean, I I, I don't. Oh, yeah, I, you're right. If you want him to be an assistant coach and get him off your salary cap, fine by me. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't. I don't like him throwing footballs at um, at NFL players. 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm actually, I was a little irritated when they let this guy go. He actually played tonight. I didn't realize he was on Cincinnati, but uh, the backup to Andy Dalton, Matt Barkley. I, yeah, Matt Barkley. I, I really liked Matt Barkley when he's had to start with the offense that they had uh, a few years ago, and and he was a competent quarterback. I liked him at USC. He was real good at USC. And so I, I didn't. I wouldn't have minded him being the backup. And I, obviously, we know why Chase and Tyler are here. It's because they again came with Nagy. They know the offense. They're the the quarterback whispers for Mitch Trubisky to have a very smooth transition into this 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 high style West Coast offense, uh, which is is understandable. But if if Mitch, please no, does uh, goes down. Uh, I would feel way better with Matt Barkley as the second guy. Yeah, you only need one of those guys, in my opinion. You don't need, like, a, uh, a tag team of uh, rag-arm assistant coach backup quarterbacks. Yeah, you really don't. You know, so, I don't know. The way people are talking, RG3 is going to be available soon. Why not? Yeesh. Okay. I guess. Oh, well, you, you keep your chase, Daniel, then. <laughs> no, that's okay. Does Robert Griffin III still have those braids? Oh, yeah, yeah. You didn't watch the Hall of Fame game? I think he does have those braids still. He had his, yeah. he had his helmet on, Jordan. No, he they, they panned him on the sideline. When they when it went to Lamar Jackson, they showed him a few times. Big googly-eyed guy smiling at the camera. So, yeah, I think he does still have those braids. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I didn't watch all of that game. Shame I on you. I watched just enough to know that football was back. And I got excited, and then I stopped looking at it. Yeah, I don't know what caused me to actually – watch the whole game. I will admit I did watch the whole game. Um, who I thought was going to be in wasn't in because Anthony Miller didn't play a lick in that game. And uh, by the way, Anthony Miller, that, that, that uh, that's making me mad for this game because he didn't get any looks. Uh, he didn't get anything going his way except for one pass, which was for negative one yards today. I just want to say that. Uh, I really want them to pass him the ball. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think RG three, if if he's available, hey, why not? Go ahead and take. Did Miller start tonight? Yeah, Miller started. Miller started for the first two quarters. When Chase got out there, Miller was out there for a few few plays. He actually messed up one assignment when they were on the goal line. Uh, he, I guess, zigged when he was supposed to zag, and uh, it kind of messed up their play. And Chase had to kind of pull a rabbit out the hat and kind of scramble a little bit and it caused them to kind of be short of a down, but uh, short of the uh, yard to gain or the line to gain. Um, but outside of that, they, they didn't really go to him a lot. It was a lot of passes to the tight ends, a lot of passes to, I think Kevin White had a few go his way. Uh, can't remember the other guy's name. Javon Wims had a nice pass to him that, fell through his hands. He dropped the ball. But uh, I'm just looking at, at – at, at, I was looking at Anthony Miller, and he was, you know, had some really nice routes, but just didn't get the ball given to him. So hopefully next week that'll be all correct. So people are should be off cloud nine about the Javon Williams thing now, right? Well, I mean, Javon Williams is, is who he is. 
I'm kind of surprised that they 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 actually said that during training camp he's been uncharacteristically dropping balls left and right. But when he was at Georgia, he was known for his hands. He was very good at uh, holding on to the ball. Very good at uh, obviously the goal line offense, red zone threat. But uh, outside of the game last week, uh, he didn't really show anything this week. No, I'm just saying after last week, people were like going nuts about Javon Williams. And I'm like, okay, relax. Yeah, yeah. Jamal, this thing. I mean, you give credit where credit is due. No matter what what's out there, you still got to perform. So he did his thing. It's just that he, he needed to back it up some more. So I don't know. I don't know. He's not a top receiver, obviously, on the team anyway. He he might be one of those situational type receivers where, like I said, they're on the red they're in the red zone and uh you need that big body to kind of just go up and get it or, you know, grab it in, uh and, and, and get that touchdown. So we'll see how they use him. Yeah, it should be interesting. Should be interesting. But I I wanna see those I wanna see the Bears receivers. I know that Robinson didn't play. And uh, the running backs didn't play, and I don't think Taylor Gabriel played. So, no, he wouldn't. you didn't. You didn't see um, the full. You didn't get the full whiff of the offense. You know, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't come out of the wrapper all the way. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got to be honest with you, and and I had to kind of catch myself. When I didn't see that and I saw the way the Bears were playing when Mitch was out there, it still reminded me of last year, just some of the dump-off throws and just some of the things that they were running. I think it was just my inner just kid, like, saying, can we please just have the real offense? And I know, I know it's not going to really be shown until the actual season or the, the well, fourth preseason game, since if you want to add the Hall of Fame game. But – until they get closer and closer to the actual season, they probably are still going to hide a lot of things in their bag of tricks. And like you said, a, a lot of people didn't play today. So the, the talent level wasn't completely on display. Uh, one thing I will say that I think is a concern, that offensive line needs to get it together. They uh, allowed some 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 rushes right into the quarterback, even though Geno Atkins is Geno Atkins. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna need them to tighten up. You got Harry Heastand back. Let's let's get it together, O line. Let's get it together. Yeah, and I think that may have caused some of those dump offs. Um, That's true. Those may have been some please don't die play calls from Matt Nagy. <laughs> just just get the ball yeah. out of here. Please don't die, Mitch. Mitch, please don't die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'll, I'll remain. I'll remain. Upbeat. We'll see how the rest of the preseason goes when he gets more time to show what he can do. You hear that sound, Jordan? What's that? <laughs> it's the it's the sound of uh, misguided adulation in the city of Houston. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony plays for the Houston Rockets now. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I think Atlanta dodged a bullet. <laughs> And one of the first things to come out of that man's mouth is, I ain't coming off no bench. Have fun, Houston Rockets. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, who's at the small forward position? That doesn't matter. Tucker? Yes. So, 
technically, technically, if you want to trade out defense for offense, that that may be true. I mean, he probably can beat out him, but you already got your offensive superstar in James Harden. You already got your offensive and you know leader tactician in in Chris Paul. So you don't really need him to start but well, he's, not, hey, he's already he's gonna, made his claim. He's going to start probably at the four. I just don't know what's going to happen when uh, so you're going to have Paul, Harden, Tucker, Anthony, Capella. I don't know what's going to happen when one of those guys gets tired. Like, who are you? Exactly. What are you going to bring in? Like, and You still got Eric Gordon, oh, right? Yeah, or did that Gordon, yeah. Gerald Green. Actually, you know what? That's not a bad team. They, they got a decent bench. So basically, um, once P.J. Tucker goes out, Houston's not going to be able to stop anybody. Yeah. Okay. Clint Capella's going to have to play five positions. Oh, he's got to be all over the place. They're going to they gonna definitely uh, <laughs> make him work for all that money. And hopefully the bigs that go up against these guys aren't like Carl Anthony Towns, just bailing Capella out and allowing him to rove the floor and swat everything else his teammates are putting up. Yeah. But, yeah, so the dynamic of Carmelo and Houston, what, is, what does that do for you all, all, all together? Honestly, it doesn't do anything. If anything, I think it makes it, it makes it worse because you already have someone in James Harden who was an alpha. And, you know, it, it, to me, it's kind of like the same setup in OKC. You have a legitimate superstar. He's the superstar now. You were a superstar. Carmelo Anthony has to get with it. He has to understand his place in the pecking order. And I don't think he wants to do that. I think he still wants to realize – I think he still wants to live in his – prime and in his glory days and that's not to say that he can't score he can't put the ball in the basket he can still do a lot of different things uh, as far as putting the ball in the basket he still has his game but you have to realize where you fall now on that team just like in in the on the thunder you clearly are number three Paul George at this point I would pick any day over over Carmelo Anthony because he plays both sides of the court much better he has a better overall game. And then we don't even have to talk about Mr. Triple-Double, so that goes without saying. Now you come to a team where the point guard is one of the top point guards as well, and you have the MVP of the league. So what in the world do you think you're going to be doing here? I mean, yeah, you might have a better chance at getting to a championship if that's what you care about, but that's never been what you cared about. You don't want to come off the bench. You've already said that you want to get your touches. You ain't getting touches. You ain't getting the ball taken away from James Harden, who's point guard number two. And then Chris Paul definitely ain't going to be doing nothing stupid with the ball. He's not going to just give you the ball just because you want it. He's going to do what's right for the team. So have fun, Carmelo. Have fun. Carmelo Anthony is still a 30-point-a-game scorer. He just needs to be on a team that he can take 40 shots. That was just I was I was wondering where you were going with that. Because yeah, I was like, 30 points a game where? He if gets, he needed if he that. 40 shots, he's a solid 30-point-a-game score. That will be the worst field goal percentage in the history of the league. 
See, what Carmelo didn't understand was he needed Atlanta. He needed it. I was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he needed Atlanta just to get his stats up because hey, he wouldn't have went anywhere, but he would have he would have done everything he wanted to do. Get the ball as many times as possible. Dennis Schroeder is not there anymore. I mean, who's there that's going to compete and 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 complain about you getting the ball? You would be the number one option there. There's nobody else. But now, trigger Trey. That's his team now. There you go. Yep. But yeah, Houston is not a. Uh, I don't think that enhances anything Houston has as far as threatening. Uh, no. Golden State. I think Houston allowing Trevor Reza and uh, and Bob Mute to leave. I think yep. that that hurts them more than Carmelo helps them. Yeah, that's pivotal. Yeah. Because you need you need guys who can I mean nobody can stop KD, but you need guys who can make him work for baskets. You need guys who make them make the Warriors work for baskets. You can sit up there and try to yeah. outshoot them and outrun them all you want. But we saw where they got Houston. Houston is more susceptible to go cold. And they, they're assuming now because Ariza went cold so many games and Mbamute can't shoot the three ball really. They're assuming they're switching that out and they've really fixed the problem. But, you know, that, that kind of canceled itself out because Ariza was giving Durant the flux in that Houston yeah. series. So now you're going to have Carmelo Anthony guarding Kevin Durant. Yeah, you're going to have that. Yeah, that, that that you mean now you're going to have Carmelo Anthony not guarding Kevin Durant. It's going to get it's going to get ugly pretty fast. <laughs> it's going to get real nasty. We're going to wrap it up right here. You've had another great episode of Stay Out's podcast. Follow us on social media, Instagram, and on Twitter at Stay Out's podcast. We've been with Chris and Jordan. See y'all next time.